A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. From field to fork and everything in between is why the kids from Wisconsin stay. It's a great way to start your Well, it looks like this great day is going to start with cloudy skies and a good 90% chance of rain in the forecast. Good morning, everybody. Fabulous Farm Bay PM Yankee. So glad you're joining us. Today's daytime highs will still be pretty mild, 54. Overnight lows down to 46. Tomorrow, the showers should end by about lunchtime, 54 the daytime high. Saturday, some sunshine and 57. Sunday, some sunshine and 53 degrees. But as we move into November next week, well, let's just say things are going to change. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist has those details. Did you know that just last week, rural communities saw a sharp spike in the number of COVID-19 cases that they were handling? Now their numbers are bigger than those of their urban and suburban counterparts. Going to talk about that this morning with an epidemiologist on why a lot of rural folks continue to remain unvaccinated. And Matt Trannell with uh, Everag Group down in Platteville going to be joining us this morning to get a quick update on what's happening with our dairy markets. Aloha! Pam Yankee inviting you to join me on an agriculture tour of all four of the Hawaiian Islands, March 21st through April 2nd. We'll enjoy tropical scenery, learn about Hawaii's unique agriculture, touring a pineapple plantation, learning about salt harvesting, and more. Visit HolidayVacations.com or, better yet, call them, 888-557-1020 for a free brochure. That number again, 888-557-1020. Well, with Mother Nature putting a little rain in the forecast here for a couple of days, maybe the combines are slowing down a little bit. Bob Bosel at the northern end of the world's longest barn, but Pam, for the most part, When it's go time, the combines are running and the corn is coming off. Absolutely, Bob. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. But you're exactly right. Now that we're seeing more of Wisconsin's weather patterns change towards wet, even windy in some cases, the stock quality that a lot of Wisconsin farmers are working with this year has gotten to be an issue. I talked about it with Dr. Joe Lauer, University Extension Corn Specialist. He has been buzzing along like a lot of farmers trying to pull off his uh, research trials and uh, observing what he sees in those trials, knowing that it means uh, a lot of other Wisconsin farmers are facing challenges just like him, stock quality. Uh, You know, we've got a big crop out there, and Joe says when you get a big crop out there, you drag all the nutrients out of that stock up into the ear, and now he's worried about standability. Right. Whenever you have a high-yielding year, uh, you have to be concerned about stock quality because it takes a lot of energy moving from that stock to fill those kernels. And not only that, then you've got a lot of torque on that stock where if you have any kind of wind, um, you can have some, some lodging issues that can, that can occur. The other thing that's happening this year is that we've had a lot of tar spot come in late in the season. And for some fields, it might have affected yield a little bit. But where it's really going to uh, damage things, I think, will be in the stock quality and the ability of that, stand, of that those, those fields to stand. So, again, keeping things fairly high up in the queue with, with, um, with um, uh, fields that do have some problems with tar spot 
you might want to get at those more aggressively than others that, that don't have as much. Uh, we are seeing some real hybrid differences for, for tar spot um, and also location differences. Mostly where we're seeing the tar spot is in from about the southern two, third, southern two tiers of counties in Wisconsin. And um, there I'd be very concerned about stock quality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and uh, we are also mindful that uh, the, the weather is going to change, Joe. When we get into that cool, wet weather, how are you telling farmers to prioritize? I mean, I obviously we want to go as fast as we can go on anything we can go. But again, it's a, it's a little bit of priority if it starts the weather starts turning against us. Yeah, and and really, I think what you probably need to concentrate on are the driest fields that are out there, or the ones that are most susceptible to to stock lodging. Uh, if it's wet, of course, you can you can wait a little bit with that. But um, right now, we've got so many fields where we've got a really dry corn, uh, fairly dry corn coming off of the fields that uh, as that plant dries more and more, you get uh, less and less uh, uh, green, uh, uh, you have less and less greenness out there. And, and and again, the stock quality deteriorates fairly quickly. So, those are the fields you want to really concentrate on. When it is does turn cool and wet, those are the ones you can harvest anyway. And and you really want to start mm-hmm. prioritizing those fields to get them off. I'm concerned about you know high winds and this time of year always high winds and and uh, things going down. Uh, in general, what we've seen so far is pretty good stock quality. We we had a little bit of an issue um, at Montfort this year. At our, at our plots down there. But other than that, as we've gone around the state, the stock quality has been the lack of lot. There hasn't been a lot of lodging going on. Uh, there is some, but, but uh, not as much as we, uh, as, as could occur from here on out. Now, I know that you still have a lot of data to pour over, Joe, and we'll have a chance to have you share that with us, I'm sure, this winter, either at Corn Soy Expo or individual meetings. But just just uh, from from the cuff here, what are you noticing about your trials this year? I mean, from what you're saying, so long as the weather uh, was a favorable factor, sounds to me like your hybrids really pulled into a pretty tight bracket all the way around, or am I misreading what you've seen? Yeah, no, I think we've had a very good year in spite of the year. Um, in other words, we had a one of the, one of the characteristics of a high-yielding year, there, there's a number, there's uh, in, in 1994, when I first came to Wisconsin, Keith Kelling had me uh, describe what went on in the 1994 growing season. And what I did at that time is I went back through all the years and read the old uh, Wisconsin Ag uh, magazine reports and the old USDA reports. And there are five characteristics that kind of stand out for a high-yielding year. One is early planting. Two is uh, enough rain to get herbicides activated. Three is to have a mini drought through the month of month of uh, June, and then uh, beginning about a week before pollination, basically an inch of rain a year, an uh, inch of rain a week, and then have a good uh, harvest season. And we've had really four of those five characteristics. We were dry during the pollination season in July and August, and and it's one of the driest years we've ever had. But because we had this mini drought in June, we got those roots growing deep into the soil. And the other thing that goes on oftentimes is that you can have 
a lot of corn borer pressure in these dry kind of years. And whenever you have tunneling going on within the stock, water isn't as efficient at cooling the plant down as if you don't have any tunnels. And we're able to protect that quite well with the transgenic trade or the European corn borer trade. And that, to me, has been one of the saviors of these dry years. Um, this, this year is, is, is no exception, where there just isn't a lot of stock tunneling that goes on. Corn rootworm, you know, rootworms, you can trim off the roots, but um, they'll oftentimes grow right back. And that's actually one of the breeding techniques that's, that's used to uh, control for, for uh, corn rootworm. But when you get a, tu- a, a tunnel in the stock, there's nothing that can fix that. And, uh, and water can become kind of backed up, if you will, and not get to the places it needs to to get cooled, cooled down. And so we've had a very water-efficient kind of a year this year. Yields are good, and it's largely because of um, there's just good uh, stock integrity during that pollination grain-filling period. But by the same token, now we've got high yields, and a lot of these stocks are going to start to mm-hmm. start to uh, deteriorate, and, and we may have some issues depending on how quickly we can get in the field. Now, if you're just joining us, this is Dr. Joel Lauer, University Extension Corn Specialist. We're talking with him as he's wrapping up uh, some of the harvest on his university yield trials. Joe, let's pivot and start looking ahead. Uh, the constant conversation that we're hearing in all ag circles is 2022 is going to be a dilly of a year as far as expenses. So maybe a couple things that people should start thinking about as they get toward the end of harvest. Everything from maybe soil samples to that residue. What kinds of things are observations or suggestions are you making to growers if they want to try to get ahead on some of that stuff for 2022? Well, uh, a few things to think about. First of all, it's a long time between now and, and planting next year. And there's a lot of things that can happen with the entire supply chain. Uh, yeah, we're predicting that things are going to be tight and prices are reflecting that right now. But again, there's a lot of time between now and then as to whether or not we're going to have you know, uh, some of those supply chain issues. The thing that I think farmers need to really think about is um, uh, just how um, is just to make sure that they know what they've got in the field. And the only way they know that is by doing some soil sampling. Uh, nitrogen uh, for next year, uh, more than likely all the nitrogen was used up by this year's corn crop. It was uh, an excellent yielding year in most fields. And a lot of that nitrogen is going to be going to be used and gone uh, even though it's been relatively dry. You know, when we had the 2012 drought, uh, there was a lot of concern that, that there were low yields and and a lot of that nitrogen was still sitting there. I don't think that's going to happen uh, this year. Uh, but it'd be worthwhile to do some soil sampling to, to, uh, to take a look at that, at least on some of your fields. The other big thing is P and K, phosphorus and potassium. And there is some, I don't know offhand what the, uh, what the values are per ton of, of corn stover that's left over, but there is quite a bit of P and K that uh, is left over in the residue. So if you're concerned about that, one of the things you can do is leave that stover on the, on the field rather than gleaning, gleaning it off. As far as other inputs like herbicides and things, yeah, there's a lot of talk and speculation right now of this, but we've got six months yet. Um, before things 
before we get to the, that next thing, you might want to lock in a little bit, a few, a little bit of things, few inputs. But um, again, there's just a lot of a lot of time yet. The other big thing is going to be, I think, uh, just water and and what kind of soil profile water reserves we've got. And again, that's something that's hard to predict because we just don't know the kind of winter we're going to have in terms of snowfall and and that sort of thing. So. A lot of these things um, are, are, you know, are going to be tough to predict at this point yet. We'll know more as we get further into winter and closer to planting. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, what I would just call rampant speculation going on as to, as to what's going to happen. One last thing I just want to mention is, the, is, I think, the importance of tillage. If you want to decrease the amount, the, the, the cost, if you will, produ- of, of, of corn production, one of the things that you can really look at is no-till. And it just reduces the energy cost that you got out there. It has more water saved in the profile oftentimes for when the crop needs it. And this is a year where we're going to see, I think, I haven't seen the data yet completely, but where I think we're going to see the no-till treatments out there really shine in terms of yield compared to um, uh, conventional tilled land that we've got. We've got a number of experiments that have been in place for years, and I think it's going to be one of those years where no-till is really going to shine. But that can reduce your energy costs, reduce your time in in the field a little bit. And uh, it's one thing to really consider, especially if you're rotating crops and rotating uh, rotating crops on land. If you're going corn to beans, for example, there's really not a lot of reason to tillage, to do tillage. And likewise, soybeans and the corn residue, there isn't. Continuous corn, yeah, there's some, there's some reason to do it. But that's, again, another input that is done this time of year that, that uh, you know, you may want to really consider whether you need to do that for next year. Well, and that's very true with the energy costs. We're looking at some wise advice. Dr. Joe Lauer, University Extension Corn Specialist, like I said, just wrapping up all of his uh, uh, harvest activities with his test plots. We'll look forward to hearing more on the results from the growing season of 2021 from his vantage point coming up this winter. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Aloha! Pam Yankee inviting you to join me on an agriculture tour of all four of the Hawaiian Islands, March 21st through April 2nd. We'll enjoy tropical scenery, learn about Hawaii's unique agriculture, touring a pineapple plantation, learning about salt harvesting, and more. Visit HolidayVacations.com or, better yet, call them, 888-557-1020 for a free brochure. That number again, 888 557 1020. Dairyland Seed Pride. It's what you get when the corn you grow stands as tall as the... Thank you, thank you. That'll be all for now. I can take it from here. Excuse me. And who are you? I'm the new guy. Here to tell everyone that, starting now, we're going to start saying a little less and just let our performance do the talking. But I'm a voiceover professional. Talking is what I do. Yeah, but our corn hybrid lineup is the strongest it's ever been. With 210 top five finishers in 2020, first and university trials combined. So I'm afraid there's just not much to say when the data already says it all. What about Dairyland Seed Pride? Still there and stronger than ever. Same with our dedicated team and around-the-clock support. 
Just now we have the numbers to simply shut up and yield. So you won't be needing me anymore? Sorry. But I love this job. That's what makes this so hard. See how Dairyland Seed corn hybrids bring the yield in your soils and conditions at DairylandSeed.com. Celebrate our century in sesquicentennial farms across Wisconsin. There is a growing list of over 1,800 farms across the state that have been family-owned for 100 or 150 years. Besides being recognized at the Wisconsin State Fair, you can find out about them all year long thanks to our friends at Compere Financial. Meet the families and hear the stories by logging on to MidwestFarmReport.com where more are added each month. It's all thanks to Compere Financial, committed to agriculture and rural America. Celebrate century in sesquicentennial farms with the Midwest Farm Report. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I got a sneaky suspicion that we may see those tractors parked for a good chunk of today into tomorrow. Time to check in on what's happening with weather. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us this morning. Uh, So we kind of escaped it to a large extent yesterday, Stu, but I think our luck's running out today, huh? Yeah, our luck's kind of running out. I mean, you look at the the Midwest radar, and pretty much the entire state of Minnesota has rain today, and it's built into western Wisconsin, northwest Wisconsin especially, down into western central, scattering into eastern Iowa as well. Low pressure is pretty strong off to the south, down around southern Missouri. It'll move almost due east, right along the Missouri border, heading on toward Kentucky, but I expect that rain marches into the state today. We may see a little drizzle first, you know, just that it starts, you know, it's kind of moist, but the rain will kick up a bit more later this afternoon and overnight and last into the day tomorrow. Oh, I don't expect to be flooded out for most of us, but some rainfall nonetheless to add a little muddiness to what's going on, a little extra moisture to the standing corn. So that's going to slow us down. Better news is it starts to dry out already Friday and by Saturday and Sunday, sunshine returns, temperatures well above normal on Saturday, cooled on for Halloween Sunday and next week into November we stay on the cooler than normal side I'll have forecast details right after this Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All righty, Stu, give me uh, <clears throat> give me a countdown on when that rain's going to start. I know it's one of those mornings. Give me a countdown on when that rain's going to start showing up. All right, some drizzle this morning. More likely rain, I expect, as we head toward midday and into the afternoon. First at Lacrosse toward midday, and then in the afternoon further east. And we hold still up in the mid fifties today uh, with the northeast winds about five to ten. Showers through the nighttime. We hold on to the cloudy skies. Upper 40s, north winds 5 to 15, gusts to 25. 
Cloudy, breezy Friday. Showers, they should begin to taper off and end, but still in the mid-50s. North winds 10 to 20, gusting to 35. Some sunshine returning Saturday, mid and upper 50s. North winds at 5 to 10, low 50s and upper 40s Sunday. Rainfall-wise, Pam, up to about a half inch most places. Madison could see more, could be pushing close to an inch. All right, Stumach, our ag meteorologist, with your weather details. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The landscape across the central corn belt is going through some changes. The old authorities are starting to fade, and today are being replaced by a more dedicated, harder-working, higher-performing seed corn company. One with a team of folks raised right here and ready to serve. Whoa, boy, looks like there's a new sheriff in town. Wiffles Hybrids, quite possibly the best hybrids you can buy. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Doctor? Doctor. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. We offer routine maintenance and precise surgery for your vehicle. Plus, Valvoline Professional Services to protect the health of your car. Does your doctor give you a warranty? We do. More than mechanics. At Tom's Auto Center, we're more like family physicians for your car. Off Highway 51 in McFarland. A stone's throw from McDonald's. Tom's Auto Center. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. Our traffic laws are important safety rules designed to protect all of us. Sometimes, though, even if you do everything right, another driver may break those rules. Clifford and Rihala knows how often negligent drivers break the rules, how drunk or distracted drivers cause serious injuries and millions of dollars in other losses every year. 
While no one can eliminate the risk from negligent drivers, there are important steps you should take after a crash to protect yourself from additional harm. If you've been injured, you need skilled attorneys who have the knowledge and experience to help you recover all of your losses. At Clifford and Rihala, we help people who have been hurt when someone else breaks the rules. We'll be there for you to help make things right. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. The hell happened over the weekend here? Uh, well, the game. Well, again, it's a good thing the games weren't on TV. I guess. Uh, <laughs> wait, so. wait, no, 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 no. They were on the the decades, the decades channel. channel. The decades channel. Twenty-seven yeah. point three years exactly oh my so goodness the TV decades channel, channel. Um, <laughs> usually what, what was on during that time would be the best of ed sullivan show we looked at we actually looked up the no. th- right. not kidding we looked up yeah. the schedule it's usually the best of ed sullivan <laughs> the righteous brothers were on one of the episodes yeah. I remember yep. so that, that was, yeah it was no, on it was tv Friday. there yeah and we all knew it was gonna be a tough uh this is gonna be a tough stretch for the hockey team they're gonna try to figure out their identity they got once again, they're they're banged up a little bit, and that hasn't really come out too much in the reports where they have two defensemen that are out, Vorlicky and Inamoto. Inamoto's a fifth-year COVID senior. Well, isn't it all of St. Cloud State was all like they returned just about everybody? And- yeah, so it's, I mean, they have they have a big sheet of ice out, up there. It's the Olympic sheet, and they have they have a really good team built for that for that type of ice sheet. And so it was a it was a tough uh, go for the Badgers, and it comes down to this. And as they're leading into Michigan, and Michigan is uber talented so this is going to be a fun this is gonna be fun to watch it's on big 10 network on thursday at six o'clock i believe it is and they have seven first rounders on oh Michigan. my god he's seven serious? first rounders on that team which is just crazy and so you know they like to get up and down north and south that team likes to get really going and so it's going to be you have to squash it out so it's going to be a, a big big test for the badgers but if you play physical against a team that just likes to be really offensive yeah you know then you sort of knock them out and you sort of have a have something to go with but what did strobe say that the, this is the big identity search for the team coming up here and they're going to be a scrappy team Barry. um when yeah. you play against a team like st cloud state who's like returning everyone um weren't they in the championship game last year yeah yeah and with scrappy but with structure we talked about that too so this is a big learning moment right for the young badgers right yeah like this is huge lo- this, learning this moment. is a big stretch of ranked teams they're playing against big stretch you got where you put your big boy pants on yeah you're, you're at michigan Quick. at michigan this weekend then the next following weekend you got the border battle with minnesota so it's at home so the, the boys are going to have to figure it out and they and they can't play the run and gun game 
They're gonna, they can't do that. They're gonna have to slow things down. They have to make sure they have to get greasy girl goals, right? Greasy goals, baby. Nelly. Greasy yeah. goals. Nelly's yeah. either talking to Charlie or Scott. I'm not sure Nelly which. Doing over there. His, his friends. I'm not sure who. Does greasy Nelly, goals. Does Nelly have those shirts? The greasy goals shirts. And he, he's but, got the logo. He, he, uh, yeah, he's got the, the logo. logo with the mullet. That's yeah. right. The mullet. Yeah. yeah. So, they, Bill, you they, ever have a mullet? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but they're going to have to score some goals by committee. They, we've always said that, and they just haven't done it. Their special teams is not doing well. They only have one power play goal. The mm. penalty kill is not doing well. And the penalty kill is indicative of the goaltending a little, you know, a little yeah. bit. The goaltending has to make those saves. They got to make it's fifty percent of of the penalty kill. And so they're st- they're trying to find the identity in, in, in goaltending with role. Maybe having an eighty-eight, eighty-six percent save percentage, oh, and really? uh, and the mole, the transfer from Minnesota is actually he's like around ninety-one, ninety-two. So expect him to get the start Thursday. So we got uh, Barry Richter in Wisconsin hockey legend. We're gonna get uh, pick Bill Nagy's brain here, Wisconsin football legend. It's a little you know duel going on right here. I love it. <laughs> uh, but Bear, when you look at this team, you know they obviously won the Big Ten last year, and disappointment obviously when the after the, they won the Big Ten. But when you look at this team and all the scoring they lost and how the young cats are coming in. What's the what's the vibe for you right now on this team? A, a guy who has you know seen a lot of success for the Badgers, been around the program for a long time. Is this going to be unfortunately growing pains this year after winning the, the Big Ten? And you kind of take a step. I don't want to say back, but it will be growing pains and, and until a lot of these young players. And I know people don't want to hear it. I know they want to, but it's the it's a reality. Yeah. Is that they have a lot of young players on the team, and they're going to have to figure out what college hockey is all about. And in terms of getting into December and and getting under the systems and finding out how to win games. That's right? what this that's what the stretch find, is about. You right, gotta right? find you you gotta somehow you gotta find out how to win games without looking down the uh the, looking down the bench and see Cole Caulfield and okay, why don't you go get a timely goal for us? Yeah. You know <laughs> you're not gonna get that. So yeah, well, last and, time I checked he's with the uh the Canadian. Yeah. Right? So, and so everyone's got you gotta look at yourself and what you can bring to the table to Find a way to win the game because they're not going to. You can't get in track meets with the with the other teams. You can't outscore them, and you're going to have to do two scrappy. one three two games. You got to be scrappy. It's going to be ugly set of hockey until they get that confidence going. You know, okay, until the yeah. second half of the season. You like it? I, did I, I, did like I give it. you enough. This is a growing pain. Did I give you scrappy. Coach? Yeah, I'm getting pumped up. <laughs> Bill Bill Nagy over here, football Emo, Wisconsin up, football legend. Yeah. Uh, this is this the first time you've been in studio? I think it's second. Second? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Because you were in before. It was a while ago. An industry that feeds the world is definitely an industry worth talking about. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Looks like we might end up parking those combines for a little while today. 90% chance of rain in the forecast. 54 are expected high. The rain should taper off and end by lunchtime tomorrow. 54 the expected high on Friday. I'm Pam Youngke. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. So today, the 28th day of October. On this day back in 1892, there was a disastrous fire in Milwaukee's Third Ward. It happened because of an exploding oil barrel that started a small fire that spread really rapidly. By the next morning, it had killed four people. 440 buildings were destroyed, and more than 1,900 people, primarily of the the Irish neighborhood, were left homeless, considered the most disastrous fire in Milwaukee's history on this day back in 1892. On this day... In 1919, the United States went dry, and I'm not talking about weather. 
They passed the Volstead Act, which made it illegal to produce, sell, or transport alcohol in the United States except for medical or religious purposes. The Volstead Act. And the country went dry on this day back in 1919. Happy birthday to actor Joaquin Phoenix. He's 47 today. And actress Julie Roberts turns 54. And now you know. It's time again for the Alcivia Co-op Talk Chats, where we focus in on different elements that of service and product and partnership that Alcivia Cooperative offers members across the state of Wisconsin. And that partnership can pay big dividends, especially at a time when we're looking at supply chain disruptions and we're also looking at escalated costs, Bob, on just about everything we touch from our energy sources to our fertilizer. Uh, needing a partner on our side to try to save those pennies is kind of critical. Absolutely, Pam. You know, the headlines have been fertilizer prices and where they are going. But there are other inputs on the farm that you need to be aware of if you're into animal agriculture. I had a chance to talk about that with Eric Dieter, who is vice president of animal nutrition with Alcivia Cooperatives. And Eric and I got to talking about uh, contracting these ingredients and how it actually works working with the professionals at Alcivia. As we all know, the the last two to three years here, volatility has been the name of the game, whether it's on inputs or whether it's on outputs. And it's more and more important every day to be considering what are the options on the inputs for our contracting needs to help take out some of that risk and help protect some of our, our margin as we're working through whether it's raising beef or some of our milk outputs to help ensure our producers are looking to lock in some profits. There's been some opportunities the last two to three years with the markets moving up and down, but it really takes an educated approach to understand when may be the right time to secure some of those inputs for your feed needs um, and when may be the right type of uh, approach from a risk management standpoint to take and execute that. What's the status right now, Eric, of uh, commodities? We hear about fertilizer, but what about the feed commodities? How much of a fluctuating market are we living in? You know, we've seen some historical lows here in the last 18 to 24 months on some of the proteins and other sources, as well as some of the the historical highs. So, you know, we typically look at that in segments, whether it's a protein source, a fiber source, or a fat source. And when you look at both the fiber and fat sources today, both remain very high compared to historical and are, are not currently offering a very good opportunity to contract. Proteins, however, following, you know, the last week's stocks reports on soybeans, have created some pretty good numbers and values versus historical, and right now is a pretty good time to be looking at your needs for the next 12 months on maybe your protein or your soybean meal needs. So based on what we're seeing as far as the stocks report, you're talking about contracting as far out as a whole year. Correct, yeah. I think in today's world with the volatility, you know, we may be looking instead of one month out, we're looking at six months, 12 months, 18 months out to really look forward on the cycle of what's happening from a global perspective. And that's the the world we live in today. We've got to look that far out to look at those opportunities. You mentioned the, the soil, the proteins, things like that. What are some of those that are especially tight right now and you may want to take a closer look at? Canola meal, if you're typically feeding canola meal as a protein source. You know, the, the canola crop was not very good this year during harvest. Um, it, it's very tight in today's market. But um, with the uh, extra 100 million bushel of soybean meals that was um, identified last week in the stocks report between old and new crop, you know, it seems like our carryout numbers on soybeans are going to be pretty positive, which uh, soybean is a very attractive number right now when you, when you look at the uh, versus historical. 
Eric Dieter with us, the Vice President of Animal Nutrition with Alcivia Co-op and our Alcivia Co-op Talk program. And I guess, uh, Eric, the next question, is this for everybody, or are there certain people this works better for, or certain ones that qualify for these uh, contracting opportunities? Yeah, that's a great question. I think many times our producers don't understand that it does work for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a 50-cow dairy, a 5,000-cow dairy, a 50-head feed yard, or a 500-head feed yard. You know, the contracting opportunities are available for everyone, and that can be for a single ingredient in your mix for the next year, or that can be for a complete mix that you're looking to contract delivered to your facility. Who do we contact and how do we contact the, the right folks at Alcivi at all the locations to find out more, Eric, about ingredient contracting? What's, what's the formula to do it right? Yeah, the formula to do it right would be to talk to your local Alcivia representative, and they can put you in touch with the right people in our procurement and our contracting group. Or if you just visit our website, we've got the direct contacts to the people that are in those markets all day, every day, that are more than willing to assist just with education and help you understand what we're seeing. And then you can help us make the decision when the time's right and what works for for your own risk protection. Depend on the experts. They're available for your animal nutrition needs at Alcivia Cooperative. Eric Dieter with us, Vice President of Animal Nutrition on our Alcivia Co-op Talk. I'm Bob Bosold. Join us as we continue our new monthly segment, The Gamblers Test Plot, only on the Midwest Farm Report with our partners at Gamblers. Aaron Zimmerman here, and this month I get the chance to try out Gamblers waterproof gear as I clean out and pressure wash the stock trailer. Tune in to see how Gamblers products help me get the job done right and stay dry. Since 1939, Wisconsin-based Gamblers has helped farmers, ranchers, and agriculturists get work done smarter, faster, and safer. Follow along at MidwestFarmReport.com. Whether you compete on the court, at the track, on the field, or in the fields, winning isn't just a goal. It's a mindset shaped, honed, and defined throughout the season. That's why farmers pushing themselves to be the best plant DeKalb brand corn. Wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best with DeKalb. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Matt Trennell from Everag down in Platteville is going to be our live guest here in just a couple minutes. We're going to talk all things dairy markets with him. Stick around. Speaking of dairy markets, yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained a penny and three quarters to 184 and three quarters. 40 pound block cheese was down a penny and a half at 175 and three quarters, while double A butter gained a penny on Wednesday to close at $1.94 a pound. This morning, December corn is right now down about two cents at 5.55. November soybeans are up two cents at 12.41, while the December wheat is down a penny at 7.59. July new crop wheat down a penny, 7.68 and a half. Right now, November fluid milk is unchanged at 18.84 a hundredweight. December closed 11 cents higher at 18.71 a hundredweight. Just last month, rural counties in the United States saw more cases of COVID-19 than their urban and suburban counterparts. That's according to new numbers released by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Now is really not the time to expect farmers to leave the busy harvest activity to go into town to get vaccinated. But Dr. Neil Koo, hospital epidemiologist and medical director of infection control in rural Billings, Montana, says your risk of getting COVID-19 or even dying from COVID-19 are higher than those in urban areas. 
seems that rural areas, the rural counties, had higher rates of COVID-19 than their urban counterparts this September. And the deaths due to COVID-19 of the rural Americans are currently twice the rate of people in the urban areas. And roughly about 35% of rural Americans are unvaccinated. That is 10% more of their urban and suburban counterparts. Dr. Neil Koo, he is a hospital epidemiologist and a medical director of infection control in rural Billings, Montana. He said when he talks with farmers, he tries to remind them how important they are to the community, to their families, and what would happen if they got sick or were hospitalized. Nobody there to take care of the crops, nobody there to take care of the livestock, nobody there to contribute to the community. He says if farmers or folks in rural communities have questions about the vaccination process, talk to your doctor. Or he said you can also get questions answered online at vaccines.gov. That will also direct you on how you can get the vaccine in your area. Matt Trannell is going to join our area next. He's down in Platteville with Everag. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There's a certain pride you get when you put Dairyland seed soybeans into your soil. Cut, cut, time out. Stop the music. What are you doing? I'm describing the way hardworking farmers will feel when they plant Dairyland. Yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Wh- why? Don't have to. Dairyland Seed brand Enlist E3 soybeans are our strongest ever. With 46 top 5 finishers in 2020 first and university trials combined. Really? Yep. With superior weed control and maximum flexibility, Dairyland Seed brand Enlist E3 soybeans allow farmers to unleash their beans' full potential. Can we still be Dairyland Seed proud? With this seed lineup, prouder than ever. But now we can just shut up and let the yield do the talking. Good start. See how Dairyland Seed brand Enlist E3 soybeans are bringing the yield to acres in your area at DairylandSeed.com. Teenage driver coming aboard your policy? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance about a good student discount. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our Our best best is the the very very least least we can do. do. So, you want to drive a Tonka truck? Well, roll up your sleeves and get ready to play in the dirt. Kalani Topsoil is looking for more people that know their dirt. Full-time seasonal positions are open for CDL dump truck drivers. Our family business will make sure you're home every night. There's competitive benefits, and you'll drive updated equipment. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Apply at KalaniTopsoil.com. Now that's good pay dirt. Spreading farm information and occasionally manure. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. All righty, let's get right to it on a Thursday morning. We want to talk about the dairy markets, not only how they look today, but how are they looking going into the new calendar year. Joining us this morning, broker analyst Matt Trannell, a part of the Everag Group. He's out of Platteville. Morning, Matt. Let's talk a little bit first about the cold storage report. We talked about milk production last week with Cody Costers. Now we need to keep an eye on that inventory, which, as I understand it, starting to grow a little bit as far as cheese, huh? 
That is correct. Yeah, and Friday. So the cold storage report came out on Friday afternoon, and it was a little bit of a surprise following the uh, milk production report that came out on Wednesday. Uh, as Cody said, milk production fell. Uh, so you would expect to see cold storage holdings also fall. Well, that wasn't necessarily the case for cheese. Uh, U.S. cheese stocks actually gained uh, 25.5 million pounds compared to uh, last year. And what's interesting about it, <clears throat> excuse me, is that the five-year average is a four-year is a four million pound drop. So it was essentially a difference of 29.5 million pounds compared to the five-year norm. Uh, American-style cheese was 2.1 percent higher. Other cheese was also much higher. Now, when you look at butter, it was beneath many estimates by about 20 million pounds. So that kind of shows you that along with the milk production report, where some of those cows were leaving the market, it's generally class four utilization states that we saw uh, milk production dry up and not as much inventory uh, put into the cold storage. So the report interpretation uh, of that particular report was bearish cheese and that would kind of hold back uh, some of those gains made in the class three market, but it was bullish butter, which uh, supported uh, class four. So we did see a pullback in the class three market, but we saw a price appreciation in class four, which is essentially good for PPD, as long as those uh, prices do hold out into those territories. Yeah, I was talking to Matt and said I spoke with Dr. Bob Kropp, dairy economist, professor emeritus uh, from UW, Yesterday, and he made the point that uh, that PPD, which was such a conversation piece early this year, is starting to uh, go away. Uh, but now is the time to make sure your strategy is in place for next year. Yeah, yeah. So to your first point, uh, yeah, a rise in class four, and and uh, there's actually a little bit of premium to class four over class three in 2022. So that would alleviate some of those PPD issues, but Yes, currently we do find ourselves in the season, the seasonal time where uh, you have holiday demand. You have Thanksgiving uh, a month away, you have Christmas two months away, you have uh, New Year's just a little bit beyond Christmas. And ultimately, there's a lot of dairy products that are purchased in this particular period of time. And generally, as you start to get into that November period, into December, uh, most of that product is already picked up by uh, the cheese players or the grocery stores, anybody that's going to sell uh, or promote uh, dairy. And so we, we, de- we definitely start to lose that bid. At the same time, we're also looking at uh, the 2022 period, and you're seeing uh, a lot of the cheese players set their budgets for 2022. And you can definitely tell that the cheese players are a little bit more nervous this year just based upon input cost and cost reductions for dairies going up, potentially limiting milk supply. And so uh, they are out there setting their budgets using the CME, hedging, uh, buying physical, which means that there is a bid in the market, but every day that goes by is one day closer to that seasonal peak or that bid in the market being gone. So Ultimately, uh, yes, it is a great time to be looking at um, hedging or any type of marketing that that a dairy might be looking at. I know 
Uh, the last three days, they haven't been quite as good on the CME, but that's mainly been um, that's mainly been uh, in the November and the December contracts. It really hasn't affected 2022 all that much. I know we had a 60 cent down day uh, on Monday, but we came back a little bit. But 2022, other than January, wasn't really affected. Well, and you're suggesting that dairy producers not only think about uh, their milk and contracts there, but just cover your input costs for sure. Yeah, so there's there's a few other markets that are really starting to pique uh, a lot of people's interest. One would be uh, the corn market. If uh, if you watch the December 2022 corn uh, futures, which a lot of corn silage is priced off of, it actually made a new contract high yesterday. So we broke through 538 and three quarters, and we find ourselves now this morning trading at uh, 545 and a half. Uh, we did settle above it, so most traders would. Uh, consider that a confirmed breakout and likely to see follow, follow through of, of higher prices. There's a lot of uh, economists that are calling for over $6 prices. A lot of that has to do with the fertilizer issues that we are seeing because ultimately without a rise in corn price, um, one of two things is likely to happen. Either you don't garner uh, the acres that you once would have. Some of those go to soybeans. Some of those go to Minneapolis wheat up in the Dakotas and Montana. Some of those acres go to cotton down in Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, so there is some a pretty decent chance that December 2022 uh, finds some support. The other one is uh, diesel fuel. Uh, you look at diesel, it's at 250 on the board. Not so long ago, we were trading 190, 180. Uh, that's on the back of crude oil being at $80. There's some talk out there that crude could try to make a test of $100 a, a barrel when not so long ago we were at 50. Um, if that indeed does happen, uh, you're watching your diesel price continue to move uh, yeah. upward. One of the benefits is that protein has fallen, though. So mm-hmm. uh, on the board, when you look at protein, mm-hmm. uh, soybean meals anywhere from 320 to 336 for the next two years. So mm-hmm. that has fallen. Well, yep. it's hard. It's hard with those kinds of movements, like you said, though, Matt. It's you really got to push the pencil now. And just remember, Matt Trannell's along with us. He's one of the staff with Everag, and they're ready to try to help you work through those budgets, specifically when it comes to dairy. Try to find your margins and try to make sure that you're putting uh, different mechanisms in place to guarantee you some profit. They're on the web at ever.ag. Ever.ag. You can email them info at ever.ag. Or, of course, uh, their information available on the website as well. Matt Trannell joining us live this morning from Everag. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.